it's Monday, June 6th, and that means it's time for another episode of Nonprofit Conversations. I'm your host, Cecilia Sepp. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Consulting, and we focus on serving nonprofits of all kinds. To our global audience, thank you for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be. Now, today we're really glad to have, after our disastrous airline uh experience over Memorial Day here in the United States, Mr. Joost Hasperhoven of the Board of Airline Reps of the Netherlands. And today's topic is the future of the airline industry and aviation. Welcome, Joost. Would you like to say hello and tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Cecilia. And uh, hello, everyone. Um, like, like you introduced me, uh, Joost Hasperhoven. I'm working for the BAR, the Board of Airline Representatives in the Netherlands, that is. Um, and I have been uh, working for the bar uh, for about five years, but before that I had a career in international aviation in, for about 35 years, working for three different airlines, Aer Lingus of Ireland, uh, China Airlines of Taiwan, and uh, latest I represented uh, Air Canada in Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg for 16 years. And uh, then I made the swap to, uh, to bar. And the bar in uh, represents the interest of the airlines in um, at various stakeholders like the government or the infrastructural uh, providers like airports or or air traffic control centers, etc. So that, that's our main role. That is really interesting, Yost, because as we were getting ready for this episode, you mentioned the bar, and you had said that there is a bar in almost every country. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Every every, every uh, country with with a fairly well developed uh, aviation infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, and transportation system in the air does have a bar. Uh, there's a bar US, uh, bar UK, uh, bar Germany, bar Singapore. Um, you name them. So uh, yeah, it goes around the globe. That is fascinating uh, because I just ride in airplanes. I don't know that much about what goes on on the back end. So I find that really interesting. And you definitely have that global perspective of what's going on in aviation today with all your experience. I mentioned in the introduction, the Memorial Day fiasco here in the U.S., as I like to think of it. I'm fortunate I wasn't trying to fly on the holiday weekend, but a lot of people were. Thousands of flights got canceled could you give our audience some insight into what may have caused some of that? Well, there's a couple of things, obviously. Um, during the, the past two years, during the pandemic, um, a lot of staff left the industry, uh, mm -hmm. were either laid off or could find better employment uh, elsewhere, uh, better pay or at, at easier hours or whatever. Uh, but we lost a lot of staff uh, in all layers of, of the process during the pandemic. Um, the travel demand is, is coming back faster than what we had anticipated globally. We see it from, from, from Toronto to Sydney, we see it in Europe, uh, we see it all over the place. And um, there's simply not enough staff. Uh, and that doesn't only count for, for airports or airlines, it's in the hotel industry, it's in restaurants, it's, it's in hospitals, it's, it's in uh, construction companies. Uh, there's staff shortages all around. Now, the combination of those staff shortages and the, the surge in travel demand causes um, 
well, chaos at airports. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, the memorial weekend, we've seen it over the Easter holidays in Germany, we've seen it over the May holidays in the UK or the Netherlands. Um, we're, we're heading towards a, a pretty hot summer. Uh, that, that's what I can tell. Um, so when you say a hot summer, you mean hot for travel as opposed to temperature, although it's already hot here. <laughs> Yeah, it's already yeah, yeah. in the 90s. And but uh, well, that's that is really interesting. Another question I had on this topic that you might be able to provide some insight on is the equipment, because I, I know during the lockdown back in 2020 and into 2021, a lot of the planes were basically mothballed, as we like to say in the United States, meaning they were put in storage. So has that had an impact uh, now? Is that still having an impact in 2022? Uh, hard for me to tell for, for the US, uh, it's, it's definitely not an issue in China It's, it's mm-hmm. de- with a big domestic market. It's not an issue in Europe. Um, the, the, the aircraft, the equipment is available. Um, it, it's really a staff issue. Uh, we have aircraft, uh, we, we can even bring them back from the mothballs apart from the really older ones. Uh, in the meantime, over the past two years, a lot of new deliveries came in at, at the airlines uh, because not only because of, of the old ones were mothballed, but also because of the sustainability agenda the airlines have mm-hmm. uh, to, to renew their fleet and to make them more uh, fuel efficient and, and, and less uh, uh, emitting uh, uh, CO2 or whatever. Um, so, uh, no, the equipment is not the issue. It's, it's, it's a staff issue. So it does come down to that. Okay, I, that was that's why I was curious. That's why I wanted to ask an expert because it just seemed to me, well, maybe in the U.S. we were having trouble getting the equipment out. We're also seeing that staffing issue, and I, I really do think that's what impacted most of the flights over the weekend. Uh, the The tickets are getting more expensive. Uh, some of that could be driven by the staffing. Uh, I I believe some of it may be driven by the price of fuel. Uh, seems to be going up since the war in Ukraine. Uh, so any insights on that? Do you see the prices of tickets stabilizing? Do you see them going up again? Uh, so it's all a matter of, of, of uh, supply and demand. And mm-hmm. when, when the supply is not enough and the demand uh, uh, is, is higher than what the airlines can offer, you see the price going up. That, that goes for every business. Um, what I do expect is that the demand for travel will continue to rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, also after the summer, uh, we will see a rebounds of, of business travel. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get back to the levels of pre-pandemic. Um, so with, with travel demand uh, continuing to, to rise, uh, with staff shortages maybe not solved in, in the midterm, uh, uh, future, we definitely should expect that uh, ticket prices will continue to rise. And there's another element um, why I think that uh, ticket prices will continue to increase. And that is simply because the airlines are investing heavily uh, at this moment in, in new technology, in new equipment, new aircraft, um, uh, basically all around the globe uh, airline fleets are being renewed, and that has all to do with our sustainability agenda. We need to reduce our carbon footprint. We know that. 
Um, if we don't do that, we lose our license to operate. Mm -hmm. The traveling public is demanding that from us. The general public is demanding that from us. The politics is demanding that from us. Uh, we simply have no choice and we are committed to do that. It's, it's in our own interest. It's our, it's our future. Yes. So with all those um, expenses on the horizon, um, we shouldn't expect that ticket prices are going down again. So, I, well, and I, I think as a member of the traveling public, I'm sorry to hear that, but it makes sense that the tickets would maybe even continue to rise in cost uh, so much going on. And I do know I, another thing I've just noticed as a traveler and do correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like uh, flights are shorter. And what I mean by that, like the planes are seem to be smaller. So there's more flights where you have to have a connection. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm maybe that's not in Europe. I kind of see that more in the a, States. Yeah, not, not from a production perspective. There, there's aircraft in all sorts of sizes. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be that on routes where previously um, dual aisle uh, equipment was uh, deployed. Now, uh, because of we're still getting back from, from a very, very uh, deep crisis, that we're still flying single aisle flights on, on routes where previously a dual aisle or twin aisle uh, jets were flying. That could be, but it's not um, a result of the pandemic that aircraft manufacturers like Airbus or Boeing or Embraer are suddenly producing shorter or narrower aircraft. That's not the case. So it's not, okay. Well, that, that uh, is good insight to have and to get that from an expert, because again, I'm just seeing it as a traveler and it's just something I've noticed over the years. I've actually not done too much travel, uh, like a lot of us since the lockdown. I know a lot of, yeah, it's, well, I, you know, and if I have traveled, it's been by car, to be honest, uh, I've, I was on a flight in October, 2021. No, I'm sorry. It was actually October, 2020, because the lockdown was still sort of in effect here and pandemic time, as we call it, it all seems yeah. to mush together. But that, I think that was last time I was on, I'm trying to remember last time I was on a plane after that. Um, Oh, no, actually, I did go to Vegas in March. That's right, for, for a conference. <laughs> so, and then I'll be well, traveling. A quite bit. a drive from the East Coast. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I would not drive to Vegas from here. Uh, maybe LA. I know a lot of people do that for the weekend in Los Angeles. So, well, Yost, you know, our audience is uh, people from all around the world. Uh, but also a lot of people who work in the nonprofit area. So whether that's uh, nonprofits as we have them in the States or maybe NGOs or things like that. So do you have any uh, advice or insights for nonprofit organizations regarding travel? And, and the reason I ask is this, a lot of membership associations, especially in the United States, rely on conferences to bring people together. We did uh, shift to Zoom and online meeting platforms during the lockdown, but people seem to be itching to get back to in-person. And of course, you know, if you are having a conference in Vegas and people live on the other coast, you know, they, they need to probably fly. So do you see, I don't know if you ever think about this with what you do with BAR, but do you see any uh, other impacts or, or things that maybe could alleviate it or something or, or any influences on what nonprofits might need to think about when they're thinking about planning meetings that people might have to fly to? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I have some ideas, and it's it's not just for non-profit organizations. It's it's for 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 mankind. It's it's for mm -hmm. us humans. Um, yes, if you have a conference somewhere, um, you 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 probably want to go there to meet people, to listen to uh, to the speakers, to the keynotes, etc. However, I see the conference world changing in the near future. Uh, I see it changing to a mere, more hybrid form of conferencing where you don't necessarily always have to fly to or travel to. You can also follow conferences online. And um, it, it, it's not up to uh, an interest group of, of uh, the airlines representing the interest of the airlines to say people start traveling less. Uh, you don't, we don't want you to fly. But you should consider this. Um, we all know what we are doing uh, in general to our planet. Mm -hmm. um, you all know that um, we still need another 20 to 30 years before we have a mode of transportation intercontinentally, uh, which is sustainable, mm -hmm. um, be it on, on synthetic fuels or, or um, electric flying, whatever, uh, we need to see in the next 20 to 30 years how we can reduce our footprint further. KLM, uh, the, the airline of the, of the Netherlands, the, um, uh, has a program and, and an advertising campaign uh, which is called Fly Responsibly. And they ask the traveler, do you really need to fly? Or can you do an online meeting instead? Mm -hmm. Now, for an airline to start advertising, don't fly with me, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty weird. But yep. what we see is that the world is changing. And I think whether you're an NGO or whether you're any corporate uh, business or private person, ask yourself the question, do I need to travel? Is it absolutely strict, strictly necessary that I travel now or that I travel this route or that I travel to this conference or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be traveling anymore because the one thing I, I continue to, to advocate is the fact why international travel, be it trains or, or airplanes or ships, is exempt from, from uh, taxes, for instance. That mm -hmm. comes from the 1945 Chicago uh, Agreement in which after the Second World War, um, the, 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 the UN said like, or the predecessors said, it's maybe a good idea to keep prices as low as possible because if we stimulate cultures uh, yeah. to meet each other, we reduce the chances of war. That is the idea about traveling, meet people, meet cultures, meet your customers, right. uh, whatever. So, uh, yes, traveling is important. Understanding each other is important. But sometimes you have to wonder, mm, like this recording we do, we do it online. Mm -hmm. uh, I, there was no need for me to travel to Washington. Um, I can sit at home here in Amsterdam and, uh, and we can do it this way. I am so glad you said that because I am a huge proponent of that. And I know one of the things people were saying during the lockdown here in the States anyway, was why did that have to be a Zoom meeting that could have been an email? And because people were so hungry for connection. But I believe very much in living in the world we're in. And as you just so eloquently said, 
you are in Amsterdam, I am in Silver Spring, Maryland, and we are here talking in real time as we create this episode. And we are creating a relationship and getting to know each other without having to travel. And I, and I think another thing to keep in mind is, you know, yes, cars use gasoline, but we're seeing more of a shift here in the States to hybrid vehicles. Um, And a lot of my neighbors are buying all electric cars. So I would say to Elon Musk, if he's listening, quit trying to buy Twitter and get your battery ready so that we can use that to fuel things going forward. So focus on your core business and stop trying to buy Twitter. So, but that, that's just my opinion. Well, that's, uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. Well, gosh, we're at the end of our episode already. Uh, so, yo, thank you so much for joining us today. We always love to get these international perspectives and we are again, continuing our 2022 trend of first time guests. So thanks for joining us for the first time. And I hope you'll come back in the future, but as we wrap up, up the episode, we always like to ask our guest, what is the one thought you would like the audience to take away today? And if they wanted to find out more about uh, what you do or get in touch with you, what is the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, well, the, the one thing, uh, especially you mentioned the Memorial Weekend and, 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 and the uh, chaotic uh, way people had to travel. Uh, the one thing I, I would like to, t- to, to give to the audience is be patient. Be patient with all the staff at the airports, uh, at, in, at the airlines, uh, or, or security agents, or whoever. They're trying to do their job, and mm-hmm. they're working their butt off, uh, really. And yes. I have a high respect for all those uh, people uh, who, who try, with whatever struggles they have, to let us travel the way we want. And yes, that means that we have longer waiting times at airport, that we have longer queues, that we might not have the customer journey we expect, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be better someday. Uh, And it's not the end of the world. I mean, here in Europe, we're a lot closer to the war in Ukraine. We have a lot of refugees from the Ukraine in in Western Europe. a long queue at an airport is nothing compared than having to flee your home because you're in a war situation. So put things in perspective. Yes. Oh, what great advice. Thank you for saying that. I, I think we all uh, take things out on customer service or people trying to help us when it's really exactly what you said. Thank you yeah. for saying that, Yost. So is there a website that uh, somebody can learn more about uh, what you do at Bar in the Netherlands? Yeah, you can you can find us on www.barin.nl for Netherlands. Barin.nl. Thank you so much, Joost. Everyone, Joost Hasperhoven of Bar Netherlands. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and knowledge about the airline industry. We have to go rogue for now, but we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Nonprofit Conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips, check out our website at roguetulips.com. If you'd like to learn more about the 501C League, our education arm, go to the 501Cleague.net and you can learn about the CAE courses that we offer. So on behalf of myself and Yoast, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.